Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. How does this thing work? This, uh, mi- is this a microphone? Is that what this is? Yeah. I've been going so long. <laughs> oh, how does it work? Okay. I've been going so long, I've forgotten how the microphone works. Um, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on this Monday, February the 13th. And I think we all know what tomorrow is. That's right. Public service announcement, men. <laughs> it's always on the men, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> Ed Vitagliano joining me. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Welcome Fred, back. Thank you, Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good to be here. And I, I'm very interested in Ed's plans for, for tomorrow because uh, I, I know he's got big plans. I, uh, I do. And they're of the Nunya uh, variety. <laughs> like. None your, none, none I your think business. that's none your business there, Fred. <laughs> uh, I, I was reading none has, uh, has in none. No, 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 no plans? No, no, he's got big plans. No, I, I, here, here's the way Diane and I do this. We do not, if it's during the middle of the week, we don't do anything on Valentine's Day. We'll wait for closer to the weekend, go out to eat. Right. Uh, we got to babysit the grandkids this week. So I take her, I take her to... Uh, uh, the, the, the best drive-in in town. Take, take her to the grandkids' house. That'll be this week. <laughs> the best drive-through. Is that what you said, Fred? Best drive-through. The best drive-through. I want to shout. I would give a shout out right. to my daughter-in-law. Okay, Whitney. Okay. All right. All right. She has the best snack drawer <laughs> in Northeast Mississippi. Okay. Okay. So we go over there to babysit. Guess what? I raid the snack drawer. Oh, it's got all kinds of great stuff. Well, you deserve it. I do. <laughs> I mean, while my wife's babysitting, I mean, right. while I'm babysitting, <laughs> helping babysit. All right. Well, uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. And uh, yeah, I was out last week. Uh, out from the, we were uh, in South Florida. It was a conference down there, and, and another meeting I had to go to down there. Uh, and I, I felt the calling. Yes. <laughs> have you ever felt that way? Uh, I have. I'm going to just going to say it was a conservative group, uh, right? Uh, and then there was another meeting. But the cons- these conservative groups in the winter time don't right. ever meet in Minneapolis. <laughs> no, because people don't get a calling. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, we Alice and I, uh, we just felt the the calling to. To, to go to Miami, the Miami area, yeah, uh, in February. That's yes. <laughs> funny how that works. Anyway, in all seriousness, we were down there. I did have some meetings, but we did mix in some fun uh, too because um, it, it's I'd, South I'd, Florida. I, yeah, I'd been there a couple of <laughs> times, but but uh, never had time to do uh, something. Uh, there's something I always wanted to do. I mentioned this at staff devotion this morning, and you finally did it. Yes. Uh, for baby boomers, many of us remember the television show Gentle Ben. Mm-hmm. Right. It was only on two or three years, but it was late 60s, maybe early 70s. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but I just remember as a child watching the show. And the show was about a man who was a, uh, who, uh, like a uh, park ranger or something, uh, 
uh, he, 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 in the Everglades mm-hmm. in South Florida. And it was Dennis Weaver, I think. Yeah. Dennis Weaver. Right. And I've forgotten what his, anyway, his son was a little boy who had a friendship with a big bear. I don't know how you get a big bear in the Everglades because they're bears. I think there's probably some black bear. Definitely. Okay. Well, it was, uh, I didn't really care about the potential reality or non-reality. I just love watching the man ride around the airboat yeah. on the TV show, and that's what I tuned in for Yeah, on General Ben, and I just thought that was so cool. And so isn't that, ever since I was a kid, right? isn't that funny how your childhood, something, ever since I was a kid and I'm 59, I'm almost 60, I've wanted to go to the Everglades and ride a airboat. Mm-hmm. And I did it, by You're talking by about with the, with the fan at yes. the back of the boat. Yeah. Yes, just like General Ben's dad. Right. <laughs> uh, Dennis Weaver. Yeah. And I, we did it last week. <clears throat> we went out to the Everglades and and uh, rode in a – took an hour and a half trip. Man, it was so much fun. And then we got to see uh, – I, I filmed alligators in the wild. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about – I showed you that video. How close it's, was I? Oh, you were just – Eight, seven, ten feet. Or, yeah, seven or eight feet away. Yeah, and the alligator was about a seven or eight footer out there. In the let water. me let me tell you something. As you were showing me the video, you going through there, all I could think of is this could turn into a a documentary on on uh, Discovery Channel really easily. <laughs> <laughs> One little breakdown when when when, when airboats road when airboat road. Uh, rides go bad. Go bad. Uh, yeah, that's right. Watch as this man falls in the water. <laughs> yep. Uh, taken know, away by that, an alligator. That show, uh, Gentle Ben, where the boy pals around with this black bear. bear. I, I, I watched it too, but I remember the uh, disclaimer at the beginning. Uh, children, don't show. The, don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> don't try right. palling around with a bear at home. Well, Flipper was big. Oh, yeah. And then they went to Gentle Ben. Uh, anyway, uh, we, we did have a great time. Now, on a serious note, I was able to attend a, uh, a meeting, a dinner, uh, on Saturday night. And, uh, the meeting I went to was at the Trump Doral Hotel. Going by. Donald there Trump. you go. <laughs> Bellers, you, you yep. guys are quick. Uh, former President Donald Trump owns that hotel. It's called Trump Doral. It's a famous golf resort. Anyway, that's where this uh, meeting was. I didn't golf, but uh, we had meetings, uh, meeting slash meetings, uh, again, with other uh, conservative uh, groups and leaders and so forth. And uh, one of the speakers live in person Saturday night was Governor Ron DeSantis of of florida mm-hmm. he came down from tallahassee i don't know i guess he flew and spoke to this group and did a masterful job i was really impressed by uh, everything he his uh what he said the substance of what he said he understands the constitution he understands the role of government he understands he said uh florida is where woke goes to die <laughs> and it didn't just it didn't just uh you know, something he says, he explained what woke is. He understands the leftist ideology that's uh, permeating our culture and our government. Anyway, he was. I was very impressed with Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, he has not said he's going to run for president yet or not. Uh, most people are assuming he will announce sometime this spring, maybe after the Florida legislative session is over. Uh, but that remains to be, remains to be seen. Uh, now, President... Donald Trump did 
did uh, call in to the about an hour after Governor DeSantis spoke at the Trump Doral Hotel. Uh, President Trump, the former president, did call in a very nice uh, live greeting to the group mm-hmm. and uh, at the dinner. And uh, so it was nice to hear from him sure. as well. And so I uh, got to hear from those two gentlemen and uh, and got to be among people that uh, are like mind and like spirit yeah. and who are Christians and patriots. And uh, uh, so that was that that's where we were. Grouse and I were last week. We also drove halfway down the Keys. Oh, you ever done that? I have never, never gone to the no, that's Keys. Love the long highway. I wanted, well, yeah, I wanted, I, I, we wanted to go all the way, but we just didn't have time. That's a long haul. Yes. Even from Miami, it's like three hours from Miami. Really? To, yeah. They have, they have flights from Miami to Key West. Yeah. It's huh. a lot longer than what you think. So yeah. Key West, uh, is that, is that like an island or? Yeah, well, it's, like a small uh, it's an island. Yeah, it's an island. It's a series of islands, actually. They call them keys. I don't, oh, okay. Keys must mean islands or something. But okay. The Florida Keys. Like an but, archipelago. Yeah, but it goes down. Uh, the I mean, the highway goes down all the way from, you know, from Miami uh, all the way to Key West. But I'm just saying it's, it's like three hours one way mm-hmm. down to Key West. Wow. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Uh, we're, we're, we're glad to be home safe and sound back around our staff here and our family. And, um, hopefully, uh, I'd like to get an interview sometime soon with, um, with governor DeSantis. Uh, I know we're, uh, trying to get uh, president Trump on as well here on American family radio. I don't want to tip off anything that hasn't been said already on the radio about who's trying to do that, but uh, she used to work some closely with him. <laughs> otherwise, she'll go unnamed uh, on our network. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. We got so much to talk about today, and uh, I guess we'll start with uh, we had the Super Bowl last night, right? Yes. yes. And and you guys are up on football. I am not. But you said you watched the whole game. I, I watched the whole Very thing impressive. last night, and – I, I'm I'm just impressed with uh, Mahomes, the quarterback. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Because towards the end of the first half, he went down. He was carrying the ball, got got tackled, and I saw that that foot, which was already injured. Right. He was uh, injured what two or three weeks ago, two or three games ago. Yeah, I think in the last playoff game, he uh, what do they call it? High ankle sprain. High ankle sprain. And they did it in slow motion. It was like, oh. Yeah. And he, Hard to watch. He limped badly off the field. He was over in the sidelines, and he was grimacing. And I thought, okay. they The Chiefs did not have a good first half. And now they're going to lose their quarterback. I remember saying to my wife, I, I think the game's over. Yeah. But then they come, the Chiefs come out in the second half, and it's a barn burner for them. Yeah. And he doesn't show any problems at all it's amazing what a pain killing shot will do <laughs> i guess that's your, what did it for your performance <laughs> so, so I, now is he i know that the quarterback for the eagles jalen uh hurts is a outspoken christian is mahomes a christian what uh, is, I, 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 I don't know i don't know okay. i don't know what his faith is i mean uh, maybe, good, he's a good guy yeah maybe, maybe uh, ray can talk about that tomorrow yeah, ray yeah. Richard. he's a good guy in terms of his um public uh you know, perception. I yeah. think he's yeah. conscious of that. Uh, Jalen Hurts said, yeah, I, 
Jalen Hurts played at um, Alabama, and then he played at uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, anyway. I saw something, game. and you guys, like I say, know a whole lot more about football. But at one point, they had, what, about 30 seconds left in the game? And there was a toss to a, a Chiefs player, and he stopped. He didn't go in right. for the touchdown. They were, they were trying, to never... run, trying to run the clock out. So that when they kicked the field goal, there'd be no very little time left for the Eagles. Yeah, I've, never, had, I've never seen that right. before. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but an that, exciting that was, game. It was actually a, an intelligent play on the on the part of the Chiefs player. Yeah, but well, it was it was an excellent game. Uh, I, I I thought it might have should have gone into overtime, but you know, it is what it is. The uh, Eagles defender admits. I'm looking at a story here he says yeah I, I grabbed the player he was flagged for holding mm. and that uh, see just about sealed the win for the chiefs so. meanwhile the communist chinese government is sending <laughs> balloons all over the world <laughs> to try to surveil the uh the west particularly the united states either that or they're trying to you want to move to that subject yeah e- either that or they're trying to drain our supply of missiles okay because these balloons first of all uh if they're from China, which the first one did appear to be, now there's been like three more. The federal, the Defense Department's not saying anything about whose they are or what they are, and they're not calling them balloons. But if they're if they're from China, yeah, they're like everything else from China. They're cheap, so we're 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 using. You know, I just I just want to be. I, I'm just a little concerned that they're 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 punking us. And let uh, causing us to use a lot of missiles. If if there's if what if there's hundreds of these things? All right, there's so many questions about this. Of course, you guys, uh, we haven't talked since right. this story broke. I don't think we have on this no. radio program. Uh, the three of us together here. Uh, by the way, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I want to go back for just a moment. Uh, this all started when was it? Uh, a week ago? Week ago? Yesterday? Okay. With the uh, balloon that uh, floated over, uh, floated, maybe that's not the right word, over much of the continental United States. Uh, And we were aware of it. Our government was aware of it. And we shot it down when it got out over the ocean uh, off Myrtle Beach. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, it was a Chinese, uh, they called it a weather balloon. (laughs) Yes. That's what they called it. The that's, chi- the chi- that's true. Chinese government. If you can't trust those guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> then I don't. I've lost all hope from the world. Beijing. They tell you something, you can take it to the mm. something. <laughs> uh, anyway, the bank. All right. So, uh, the weather balloon. <laughs> I put. Uh, we shot down. Then all of a sudden, uh, I say all of a sudden. Over the next few days, even as uh, yesterday or the day before, there are three or four other incidents. Friday afternoon, breaking news that there was uh, what they're calling them. They're calling them objects. These last three, they're not referring to them as balloons. Are, are they called unidentified flying objects? They're called objects. Okay. Well, Fox News is now reporting that both are believed. A senior U.S. official confirmed to Fox News that both of these previously unidentified objects were balloons that were carrying some sort of payload. All right, yeah. the Chinese are spying on us with these balloons. Let's just say it like it is. Right. All 
All right. Which well, we spy on them. I understand. Oh, we spy on them. Yeah. 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 No, so Friday afternoon, the first one, this was over the northeastern portion of Alaska. So it gets shot down. And then Saturday morning, uh, I, I thought they're still talking about this Saturday morning, right. but this was a new one. And this was shot down over Canadian territory, the Yukon. Apparently, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada and Biden had a chat, and they decided to shoot that one down. Now, that was an American fighter jet, though, not a Canadian one, right? Yes. Why was it's, that? It's NORAD. NORAD combines okay. the two forces. Kind of like NATO over here? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then I wake up this morning. and I, Like this morning, Monday morning? Yeah, but this occurred yesterday. I just found out this morning, watching football last night, over Lake Huron. So, uh, and that's just off of Michigan. They shot down another one. And... The initial reasons they're giving for this is that unlike the first big balloon, which was the size of three school buses, it was up around 60,000 feet. They said they had to shoot these down because they were 40,000 feet and below. In in fact, the one off of Michigan was down at 20,000 feet. They said this this was a danger to civilian aircraft. Sure it is. They fly in those areas. But I thought three in a row? And and now we're having speculation. This has been going on for some time, and we're just finding out about it. And so there are our, uh, Republican Congressman John James was being interviewed about this morning because he's from Michigan, and he says things are out of control. Cut number one. Things are out of control, and we need to get a handle on these things, which is why we're doing our best uh, to, to govern well from the Republican majority in the House to hold this Biden administration accountable and so we can govern so we can take the Senate back and, uh, and get the White House back. Because this is not the 80s. This is not Red Dawn. We must do better and get the truth for the American people. And uh, But, you know, we can relax because the official spokesperson for the White House, she's got everything under control. All right. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about all of this. I want you to hear her response. Cut number three. Why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a part of a, a coalition, a consortium, a, a, a pact so of nations. A pact, okay. exactly. We didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in in uh, in uh, clearly in 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 in, in step with uh, right. Canada. Canadia. I just found out I'm from a different country. Canadia. Is that what she said, Canadia? Yeah, that's what it, she called it. Was it was kind of hard to understand what was she saying <laughs> with the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, well, and the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, interviewer there had to try to help her out. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't edit that, folks. That's what she said. No, who was she doing an interview with? MSNBC? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. She's, she's, we've said this before. She is never prepared. I mean, this is a this is a huge story. Everyone's talking about it. She should have her talking points. You know, I used to not like talking points because everything seemed prefab. Okay, the answers are prepped beforehand, and they just spit out the same old thing. But you know what? With Corinne Jean Pierre, I'm starting to miss talking points because <laughs> at least with talking points, you could understand what the other side wants you to believe. She's never prepared to give an answer to questions that it is her job to know are coming how could she not how could she not understand what norad is how could know, she not understand i know and you're going to go on a tv show a news right. tv show and you know you're going to be asked about this you got to be able to explain what it is that's your job right. study it right. uh be ready to articulate it 
but mispronouncing the name of the country that's right to the north of us and has been for a couple hundred years, uh, and it's got three syllables. Yeah. Canada. Right. What'd she call it? Canadia. Canadia. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she, I don't know if you can help her any, anymore. I mean, uh, I'm with, I'm with Ed, some talking points. All she has to do is John Kirby is another spokesperson for the White House. He is, he's an expert on the defense side of things. He's very articulate. He has, he has a talking point, right? These are objects for the safety of civilian aircraft. We have been taking them down. Our investigation continues. We're collecting the debris, right? And we're trying to figure all of this out. Uh, that's all you have to say at this point, right? You know? But he's prepared to say it. Yes, her job is to be prepared to say it too, yes. and she's not. No. So, but now we've made the point before, and, and you know, listen, I understand she is a member of the LGBTQ community. Really? Yep. Uh, I didn't know if oh, you knew this. I didn't know that. She's African-American. They don't talk about okay, that much. So it's one thing if you're going to pick somebody who is qualified for the job, who also happens to be African-American and LGBT, you want to check those boxes off. I wouldn't expect the Biden administration to do anything else. But you've got to start with qualified for the job. Yes. And she's not qualified. No. She is incompetent. In this task. And this is a big story. Yes. We have a foreign country. Now, uh, the White House has not identified them as Chinese-based. Right. All right. These last three in particular. But this is a big deal. These are flying objects, especially this first one, in our airspace. And the American people have a right to be concerned. What are the Chinese? I believe the last three are Chinese-based, too. What are they up to? Uh, it's kind of scary. They had a congressman on from Montana this morning. I didn't know this about, this is the first one, the big one, that it actually circled around some of the missile silos in Montana. Like it, we've been told, I was under the understanding it was kind of like it, it went continuously on a line towards the East coast. But he was saying this morning, apparently the big one had some maneuverability, and it was circling around a couple of times in Montana before it left and went down over Oklahoma, et cetera. So it's pretty scary stuff that's going on here. What folks. can they use those for, the Chinese Communist government, that they can't use a satellite uh, for would be my question. Gets a lot a lot lower okay. and better pictures. And if you – okay, I'm just thinking maybe what a lot of people are thinking. Uh, the reason why it's flying over Montana and that part of the country – that's where a lot of our nuclear um, silo, mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows this, it's not top secret. A lot of our, am I right? That's correct. Right. A lot of our, uh, lot of our uh, intercontinental uh, military capability. Yes. Which is, by the way, right up near Canada. <laughs> if you look at the map, uh-huh. Montana, right up near Canada. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, that 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 makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now that the the quote weather balloons would have to float, would would they be able to? Uh, so you're, they would be able to uh, control these. Well, this is what the congressman from Montana was saying this morning. There appeared to be an element in the first big one of control. Yeah, because I mean, 
good night. You just gonna let loose a weather a, a balloon to surveil. You got to know where it's going. You got to be able to control it. Seems well, to it me. it did have something tethered to it. These balloons. Uh, so I'm guessing that is so they can be somehow steered. Otherwise, what's the purpose? You don't want to spy right. over the Great Lakes, right? You know, and and right. see fish. Right. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe true morality flows from biblical principles and directs people to the manner in which God intends them to live. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies, and I'll tell you all about it. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, My goal as a teacher is to impart knowledge and then be able for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Apple pie is racist. That's the word from author and filmmaker Raj Patel writing for the Guardian newspaper about battles over what he calls food justice in the United States. Much like the Europeans colonized America, he said that apples were imported as well. He compared apple pie to the vast and ongoing genocide of indigenous people. He said that apple trees became markers for civilization, demonstrating the land had been improved. He also referenced Johnny Appleseed, who represented the westward expansion of the nation. Golden Delicious and Granny Smith, he says, stand as symbols that indigenous communities have been removed from their ancestral lands. The bloody and evil origins of the apple pie covered up by the nationalist slogan, As American as Apple Pie. Well, wait until Mr. Patel finds out most Americans enjoy a scoop of vanilla ice cream on their slice of racist pie. I'm Todd Stearns. In Him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1.11 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. We are on Facebook. Uh, You can type in Today's Issues, and we post the stories that we talk about on our Today's Issues Facebook page. We used to live stream on YouTube. As you know, they banned us for life. Uh, So we don't know why exactly. They, they They just, they suspended us like four or five times, and then they finally just said, Uh, we're just going to kill you, <laughs> kill you dead. So I guess we'll never, you know, be back on YouTube. Who knows? We might try a year from now just for fun, see if we can fool somebody there. Maybe they got a intern next summer we can fool and get back on. Uh, but that's good because it ended up being a good thing, Fred, because we, uh, in response to that, we created our own. Yes. Yeah. Live video streaming service. I, I, I think, you know, uh, when a crisis hits. Right. Uh, it, 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 it leads organizations to say, well, wait a minute, what are the yeah. other options here? And for American Family Association right. was, okay, these left-wing social media don't like us. We'll just create our own avenue. Well, it's like the, what's the old expression, necessities, the mother of invention. Yeah. And uh, so... If you so we created our own live video streaming service for most of our shows now you can watch and also get a lot of other content all you got to do is go to streaming.afa.net streaming.afa.net so uh, check that out streaming.afa.net I'm Tim with Fred and Ed and we thank you for listening to AFR well one of the uh Voices you're very familiar with, if you listen to American Family Radio, is uh, J. Christian Adams. Uh, he uh, serves as president and general counsel of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. <clears throat> They're based out of Washington, D.C., of that area. And uh, J. Christian has <clears throat> substituted, pardon me for the cough in there, uh, clear my throat, but J. Christian has substituted for Sandy Rios in the morning, uh, often over the last few years, and uh, he is, uh, that, so that's where most people are familiar with his voice, and uh, he'll be doing some more work for us, uh, uh, filling in uh, for Jenna Ellis, I'm sure, sometime along the way this year, and uh, he joins us now. Good morning, Jay Christian. Hey, Tim, and it's so great to be back talking to you and American Family Radio listeners. Hey, can I go with Jay, or can I go with Christian? Which one do you want me to call? Uh, Christian. Christian works with Jay's John. Okay, Jay, Jay's John. Okay, well, I'll go with we'll go with Christian then. Uh, it was just going to be awkward going the whole interview with, uh, you know, two, right. na- two names. But, but we are familiar with that here in the South. You know, we got a lot of Billy Bobs and <laughs> Billy, Billy Rays right. and so so forth. Uh, all right, uh, uh, Christian, uh, tell folks about the uh, ge- uh, Public Interest Legal Foundation that you uh, are general counsel of. Right. We uh, litigate election integrity cases all around the country. We're, for example, suing Michigan right now for dead voters. 
we have 11 or 13 cases all around the country from Alaska to Louisiana to Maine to Pennsylvania, Michigan, uh, to try to make our elections work better. I've been doing it for a long time since I was at the Justice Department, too. Okay, so uh, how do you think the last election cycle, I didn't, this isn't why we had you on, I had you on about a column you wrote on crime, but I'm just curious, from last November, do you think uh, uh, the election went pretty well across the country? A lot better than in 2020. Okay. I think we had some states that did a fantastic job getting results very quickly. Don't forget, I think Florida had their final results in most races by 9 or 10 p.m. So, there, you know, states are making progress. Most states are. Some states aren't, but most states are getting better. Now, Georgia, you know, remember Biden went after Georgia after they passed an election integrity law, and he said uh, they were trying to keep uh, – Black folks from voting. It was Jim Eagle. He said it's beyond Jim Crow. It was Jim yeah. Eagle. Remember, he just had a he had a meltdown in the White House. He was just so worried about <laughs> people not being able to vote any longer in Georgia. It was so bad. And did that turn out to be true, uh, Jay Christian? No, Tim. It turned out to be false, and oh. turnout went up. In other words, <laughs> more people voted. Uh, especially black Americans than ever before. So it was not true. Yeah, he's a liar. Well, I'm shocked. Just a liar. I'm shocked that it was not true. I know. He just made that stuff up, and and that's what Democrats do oftentimes, sadly. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Republicans are sinless, but I'm saying when it comes to fostering false racism fear, Democrats, that's big business for them, man. So it, Mm. it never means having to say you're sorry either. Biden's not going to come back today and say, you know what? As it turns out, I was wrong about Georgia. Uh, more people voted than ever before, and it's wonderful. We got a Democrat elected to the Senate. And so, uh, you know what? I, I apologize for that hysteria and accusing Republicans of racism. I just want to say that right well, now. Well, these are the same people who said that the reason five black police officers right. beat to death a young black man in Memphis was because of racism. Right. Because it was still right. racism. White supremacy. Right. So uh, they, they just, they do that. And then, then it's also very insulting uh, to people of color, particularly black people, when they say they're too dumb. They're too dumb to get a... Uh, a, a government license. Government, government license. License. They don't know how to... Identification. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the implication. Right. That they have. All right, uh, Jay Christian, you wrote. See, there I go, Colin. Chris, you wrote a column called "Americans' Civil Right to Be Free from Crime." Uh, this is an excellent piece. We got it posted. A link to it uh, on our Facebook page for today's issues. Give us the overall gist of this, if you would. Right. I, I in addition to being the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation on election issues, I'm also a presidential appointee. President Trump appointed me to the United States Commission on Civil Rights. It's a federal agency or it's a federal commission started in 1957 to investigate civil rights issues and to make reports, do research. Uh, so I'm one of eight commissioners. My term actually runs through 2025. I'll be the last Trump appointee in the federal government, I think. Uh, So what I concluded was that crime is so out of control in the streets, uh, in, in all over America, that it's a civil rights issue for two reasons. Number one, we have a civil right 
to peaceably go down the street without being shot. We have a civil right to push our kids around in a park in a you know in a stroller on a weekend without being mugged. Uh, we have a civil right to run a business without being looted. And I concluded that this is a civil right for that reason. But also, number two, it's affecting minority communities badly, right? And there was 22 shootings in Chicago over the weekend, this past weekend, and they weren't even in the Super Bowl. So the, the, the minority communities that these folks say they care about, right, that they say they care about, they claim to care about, are the ones being decimated by this, this wave of crime. So I, I wrote a piece to the Washington Times about the civil rights to, to live free from crime because the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights was going to investigate it, but my fellow commissioners, all of them Democrats, killed the idea because they don't really care about what's happening in my view. Christian, is Fred Jackson here. So I asked the question, why do you think Democrats do not care enough to try to do something about the crime in Democrat-run cities? It doesn't make sense. Well, there's a couple of reasons, and not only one is to blame, but there's a couple. Number one, uh, they, they you're, like you said, they're presiding over this disaster, right? It, there aren't many Republican-run cities that uh, are urban areas anymore, and the Democrats are in charge and allowing it to happen. They are the ones that have implemented policies that break up the family, that uh, do not have the streets policed. They're the ones implementing these policies that are causing disasters, even regulation to start a business, right? It's much harder to start a business in Philadelphia than it is in, uh, in, in, in Hines County, Mississippi, okay? So that's number one. Maybe not Hines, but let's, let's talk like Octibia or something. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, number two is they, uh, they don't want to talk about what's causing the crime spike, in my view. Is it cash-free bail policies? Is it let people out of jail way earlier than their sentence policies? Is it free needles, like in Philadelphia, for, for drug addicts? What's causing it, the crime increase might have something to do with their policies. I think that's the second reason they're afraid to talk about. They don't even claim it exists. They say there is no crime increase, and if there was, it's because of COVID, and we're coming out of it, which does not appear to be the case. Christian, uh, Ed Vitagliano here. Uh, You say in this article, again, very well written, you say, quote, nothing motivates Americans like not wanting to be killed and robbed. (laughs) Okay, it's so not funny. It just sounds funny. Yes, no, it's it's yeah. very, it's insightful yeah. with a it, with a bite. Okay, so well written there. So, um, so how do Democrats? You know, there, there are people out there who believe at least some of those running these big cities, and this is kind of a conspiracy theory that the George Soroses of the world are paying to put these. Uh, radical prosecutors in and trying to change the laws and the policies because they they want to see our cities burning because that yeah. will ignite the revolution all right i'm not saying i believe i think there are those <laughs> on the left who believe that way I, I am not painting with too broad a brush i don't think that's the majority of people who identify as democrats but is it far-fetched to believe 
that the Marxists want to see the cities burn so that people demand well, change and they're going to be told the change is to get rid of the Constitution? Let me pick up the Soros prosecutor's ball and run with it. And I'm going to run in two different directions. There is no doubt in my mind, and many of these Soros prosecutors are far more benign than what you've described the conspiracy theory to be. In other words, they're not up for, like, you know, the raised fist and the final revolution. They're, they really believe this garbage. They really are true believers that, oh, let's just, like, sit down. And, and, and I've seen it in schools now. Let's just talk to each other. Let's not put people in jail. Let's have these crazy... Uh, redistributive justice sessions where the criminal and the victim, they they talk and hug, okay? And that's going on in public schools across the country where kids are not being punished for bad acts. They're being led to an Oprah-style therapy session with their victims. And I think these prosecutors uh, are of the same mindset, and they honestly believe what they're doing. That's probably 90% of it. But let's take your 10% because I think you're onto something also. The true hardcore leftist radicals on campuses, shooting up power stations, burning police cars, uh, these people do want to destabilize the country. There's no question about that. They say so. Why shouldn't we believe them? They say they want to replace our system of freedom, religious liberty, free enterprise, and, and tolerance with an intolerant, thuggish a uh, uh, world where they get to tell everyone how to live. You know, Tim, uh, 40 years ago, a certain crowd was saying, stay out of our bedrooms. Well, now they want back in your bedrooms, okay? Right. They're like, you know what I mean? It's like now they want to control you and right. tell you how to think once you t- once you touch. So there, there's my answer. All right. Uh, and by the way, this piece is excellent uh, that Jay Christian wrote. You can go and uh, go to our Facebook page today's issues facebook page and we posted there and you can link to it and um it it's called american civil right to be uh free from crime um one other question on this this is a this is a this is going to be a big topic uh in the presidential election coming up i noticed that uh, even democrat uh strategist if that's what you want to call him paul Bagala, is that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was. I think he was on Bill Maher's show. He was himself a progressive. With I use that in quotations. Uh, Abe calls them regressives, but anyway, uh, they uh, and he was saying that crime's going to be a big issue, and Democrats better be ready to address it coming up in the next election. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I. Based on New York's vote, New York City voted and New York State, they voted for Democrats again, despite the skyrocketing crime that's going on in their state. I think the majority of people who vote Democrat agree with the, uh, agree with um, not being tough on crime. By, because I say that by, by virtue of their votes. Now, Lightfoot in the mayor in Chicago, isn't her, isn't her re-election coming up in the next week or two? Yep. If she gets re-elected, you can only say Chicago don't want to change. They're good with status quo in terms of crime. Um, 
You see what's happening in other big cities, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. The mayor out there is a progressive, and she doesn't know what to do about this crime. It's out of control. It's ruining their cities. So I guess, uh, Christian, I'm just saying Democrats in these big cities don't seem to have a problem that with 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 uh, the way things are. To me, I, maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Tim, I think you're exactly right, uh, and that is – Things have gotten so far down the ideological uh, road where where they've just been conditioned for multiple generations of the Democrat way is the only way that you're right. Those cities are not going to change politically, but that's not what matters. What matters is the suburbs, the suburbs of Washington, D.C., Loudoun County, the suburbs of Atlanta, uh, the suburbs of uh, Miami. Uh, because, crime, of- because crime is going out. To the suburbs now. What used to be in downtown Chicago is now at, now getting out uh, out of town. Right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And they see it and they're afraid. And these are the same middle uh, middle class suburban women who led to Trump's defeat in 2020. Right? Because they right. they got bent out of shape about Trump. Well, they're the same. They care way more about being carjacked. Uh, and and not having their house robbed than they do about what Trump tweets. Okay, so their primal, uh, most basic uh, need for safety is probably their biggest motivating political characteristic. And I think that way it hurts them badly in a lot of places. But you're right, the inner city is not going to change. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's sad, but that's just the way it is. Apparently they, voters there, I mean, even Mayor Adams in New York, he's tried to talk some to this revolving door that the prosecutors have there. The I get what do you, what do you call them? DAs or district attorneys? Uh, yeah, the, the, where they won't prosecute crime. Mm-hmm. They won't. They won't. They, it's like bring the criminals down, the violent criminals down, and uh, that afternoon they're back out on the street. Yeah, and it's, they say we're, these this list of crimes we're not even going to bother pro- prosecuting prostitution shoplifting right. and like in San Francisco up to a thousand dollars. It's, it's, it's right. It's always beg the question for me. Do they have like a counter you can go to <laughs> if you're shoplifting so you can total up your amount, make sure you don't go over a thousand dollars and, and then walk out and say, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's insanity. Yeah. Uh, liberalism is a mental disorder. I don't know who said that. Maybe, uh, who came up with that, but that's so true. Well, uh, all right, listen, Christian, thanks so much, my friend for being on with us. We look forward to you. Hearing you on AFR more, and uh, we, we'll, we'll talk to you later. I sure do. Thank you guys for having me. Good talking to you. Okay, bye-bye. I've invited Christian down to Tupelo to meet with us, too. Go oh. show him around. He hasn't been down here yet, even though we've had him on all these years. Yeah. 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 He, now, he spoke. Uh, didn't he speak at one of the uh, Marriage Family Life conferences, but probably hasn't? Oh, well, I didn't meet him when he was here. Well, so I don't know that he, he came here. Maybe he has been He was here. down at the, uh, the arena. convention hall where yeah. we had the. All right. You're listening to uh, today's issues. Uh, crime is going to be a big, big issue yeah. coming up uh, in a couple of years. Well, and Christian has a good point that it is going to, it's still going to be very difficult to break the stranglehold that the, that the Democratic Party has on big cities because it's not just about crime you've got unions especially the teachers teachers union these are very strong these are strongholds for unions these big cities 
all of it, you know, uh, construction workers, all that is very heavily union. And it's going to be very difficult to break those that hold on uh, the inner cities. But the suburbs is a whole different ball game when it comes to what's going to motivate. But voters. the crime that was in the city, big cities has now spilled over right out into yeah. the suburbs. And the criminals are becoming more brazen. Mm-hmm. The number of carjackings in these big cities is yeah. just yeah. stunning to me. Crime is going to be a big one. Education is going to be a big one, too. A yeah. couple of Democrat-run cities I want to talk about. Baltimore, Maryland. 23 schools in Baltimore, Maryland. Not one student passed the proficiency test in math in 23 schools. Wow. Not one, one student, student. Not one student passed the proficiency test in math. Now, I will say this for minority voters, uh, that's the kind of issue that if Republicans are smart and hit the education issue, that is a way for you to peel off votes from the Democratic Party because minority parents, they don't want their they understand that education is a key to their kids being successful in life. Yeah. And if their kids can't even pass proficiency tests for math, not one student, no, that Fo- you, you offer them a, a, a better plan for education, you might make some inroads. Fox and Friends had a mom on from Baltimore this morning. She has already put one of her sons in a, in a uh, private school. She has another son, and she was talking. This was quite amazing. She said, going to move him to a private school, a charter school, and I want him to be put back a grade. This is a mom, her own son. I want him to be put back in a grade because they're pushing. This is the other thing that's happening in these schools. These kids aren't proficient in math, but they still shove them ahead to the next grade. Right. This, this, this it's is a broken. Cri- it's a broken system in a lot of places. Not. I, I do want to. We always try to be careful to say this. We're not talking about all public schools. Oh no, no we're no. all public school teachers, many of whom are doing heroic duty. Yes, uh, in in their particular public schools, but this in a lot of places the public school system is absolutely broken. Yeah, the other city I wanted to mention. I mentioned two Democrat-run cities, Seattle. They are considering shutting down several schools in Seattle. Because they don't have enough students. The student, they're hemorrhaging students. Mom and dad are moving out. Homeschooling is skyrocketing in Washington State. That ain't a conservative state. Right. But homeschooling is skyrocketing there. The other thing, moms and dads are moving out of town. Right. They're moving out to more conservative areas. It used to be back in the 50s and 60s. And into the seventies, the big word was consolidation, mm-hmm. where they, where the because of the advice of the federal government and the ex quote unquote experts, they consolidated these smaller schools into big city schools, and they shut down the little small school in this town and this town. They all moved them to a big city school. They they're using that same word in Seattle, consolidation. Yeah. Only they're talking about the city schools yeah. being consolidated because of the. The, the lack of uh, of students. Now, They've lost 12%, I think, of their students. It's amazing. It's crazy. Now, they're in conservative states, there are problems with public schools, too. But the difference is, in Republican states, they're trying to do something about it. Right. Sarah Huckabee San- Sanders is the brand-new governor in, in Arkansas. She gave the response to the State of the Union the other night. 
She announced the very next day, I'm going to announce education reforms in Arkansas, a fairly conservative state. This is what she had to say. Cut four. Not only are we uh, working on and making sure that we have the ability to empower parents to make the best decision possible about where to educate their kids, we're pushing for a massive increase in teacher pay and making sure we're putting incentives to reward and retain the best and brightest teachers here in the state, going from the very bottom to the top in the country on what we pay our teachers, making sure we're focused on things like improving literacy, particularly by early access to childhood, early childhood education, as well as empowering parents to make that decision about where to best educate their child. This is the most comprehensive, conservative uh, education reform anywhere in the country, and I'm excited about the way that it's moving yeah. forward and look forward to working with our partners in the legislature to get it passed. I hope everybody noted there, this isn't an anti-public school. Right. This is trying to improve schools across the board, which is why she said we're raising the minimum salary of school of, of teachers from thirty six thousand to fifty thousand. Right. So uh, she's putting money down. Right. It ain't just talk. She's putting money down on this. However, if a public school does not want to make these changes, then she's saying we want to open it up to, you know, that the money, the taxpayers money follows the student. Yes. To a charter school, to a Christian school. <clears throat> that's what this is all. It's it's kind of about free enterprise in the in the school system, and that's and that's going to put a stop to a lot of the craziness on the transgender issue, the uh, critical race theory, all that. There'll be a lot of that that will be uh, shoved outside. Yes. Okay. Because these schools are going to want to keep these students. Mm-hmm. They got to make the parents happy mm-hmm. if the parents can go elsewhere with their tax money. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short time out right here and uh, be back with uh, Chris Woodward. He's in the wings. In fact, uh, Chris is the wind. <laughs> uh, in our wings. Yeah. Under our wings. I think it's under. Under. You, it, yeah. I think you got wind in your wings, too, though, yeah. to be honest with you, especially if you're coming over from China. <laughs> uh, we'll be back momentarily. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.